So God, I ask that you come and you fill this room with your spirit. That God, you take these words and you make them yours because we haven't shown up to hear from me. We have shown up today to hear from you. So spirit, come. We long to hear from our Father in heaven that loves us. That's for us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning to all of you here, and good morning if you're watching online or if you're watching at 11. My name's Annie Duncan. I am the executive pastor here, and it's always a joy to be here with you on Sundays and and during the week, too. I'm going to start off with a question. Uh, Check out this picture behind me. How many of you have met this person before? If you've met him before, raise your hand and raise it high. Yeah. Awesome. You can put your hands down. Uh, This is my friend Gabe. Gabe works here on staff. Uh, And I'm guessing that those of you that raised your hand, that you raised your hand not because you've sat shoulder to shoulder next to Gabe in one of our services, but because you've met him. Met him in the lobby, met him as you came in, met him over coffee, met him by the shuffleboard, or maybe met him as you snuck in a few minutes late because Gabe's always there. Always there to say, hey, welcome, so glad you're here. Gabe is a connector. He lives and breathes community. And I know this well because I just spent a week with him. Me and 12 other people were in Nashville for a week, and we were always losing Gabe because he was talking with his new best friend. And the guy just does community really well. Community is what we're talking about today. We are in week two of a series called Handcrafted, the things that take time. But even if you had a shortcut, To do it, you wouldn't want to do it because the process is just so worthwhile. And that's community. We don't want a shortcut for community. We know that the process is good, even if it takes a little bit longer than we want. Now, pastor and author Anne Lee Stanley says, there are things that can happen face to face that will never happen shoulder to shoulder. This is why you all raise your hand saying that you know Gabe. Not because you met him shoulder to shoulder, but because you met him him face to face. And my friends, Chris and Lori, they're going to help me with this just so, it really, so you really understand what I'm talking about. Andy Stanley in this quote inspired the talk or the title for today's sermon called Circles, Circles Are Better Than Rows. Face-to-face community is so much better than shoulder-to-shoulder community. Face-to-face community is why you raise your hand saying you know Gabe. Shoulder-to-shoulder community is different. And we are made to be in that face-to-face circle community. Rows are good, circles are better, circles are greater than rows. Do you got it? You got it? Okay, we might bring them back, but we'll say goodbye to them for now. Um, So circles are better than rows. And the funny thing is, is y'all are sitting in rows right now. We need rows, rows aren't bad. Rows help us to connect with God because when we're sitting in rows, we can just focus on God, focus on worship, focus on prayer. But to grow spiritually, we need circles. We need each other. Christianity is not individualistic. It's meant to be done together. And so we are good at rows here at Bell Press. We're trying to get better at circles. We're trying to get better, and you can be a part of that. So rows help us connect to God, and circles help us stay connected to God and each other. So rows or circles are better than rows because they keep us connected. In the text that we just read, the author of Hebrews implores his brothers and sisters to be active in community. And one of the ways that circles helps us stay connected is that it helps us stay connected to God. 
See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Who would ever turn away from the living God? Not anybody in this room, right? No. Well, yeah, the, the author gives us the answer right there. Who would ever turn away from the living God? People with an unbelieving heart. And if we're all honest, we've been those people before. We've had unbelieving hearts before. And we find here that the author of Hebrews, he's addressing an entire community, brothers and sisters. He's not calling one person out, hey, watch out for John, watch out for John and his unbelieving heart. No, he's normalizing it, making it a human problem, not an individual problem. And he's saying, hey, watch out for this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you fall victim to this. The author is making an important distinction between community and connecting to God. We need community. People that turn away from God don't usually make a proclamation. They don't usually wake up in the morning and say, okay, today's the day. I'm turning away from God. I'm just going to do it. No, that's not, that's not usually how it goes down. No, turning away from God starts more with questions than it does with proclamations. Questions like, I wonder if God would even notice. Or, God, are you really there? Or, God, do you really love me? Or, God, how could you have let this happen? Or, God, would you even notice if I... Those questions, they start small and they start within our heart. They're the temptations that we keep secret. It's the boredom that keeps us from engaging. The doubts that go unvoiced, the anger that we bottle up, and the lies that we believe about ourselves. Those are the things that turn us away from God. And when they're left to themselves, they can eventually make us turn away completely. Because eventually we end up so far left to ourselves, so far away that we're wondering, gosh, how did I end up over here? I've completely turned away from God. How did this happen? Which is why we need circles. We need people in our lives that are there for us. So when we have those turns within, what helps us turn back? Well, let's keep reading. It says, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Encourage one another. We need each other. This is where the circle is greater than the row because we receive encouragement in community. When our hearts begin to turn away from God, community is the circle that brings us back. The people in our circles, they're the ones that they might say, hey, hey, I've noticed, I've noticed you're not doing that well. Do you want to get together and talk about it? Circles bring us back. We are not called to be alone. We're not called to do this to do this alone. And if you want to grow spiritually, commitment isn't enough. You need to be connected. Because our turning away from God is hidden and it begins in our hearts. No one knows what's going on unless they have access to you. No one knows unless they have access to you. So the thing that prevents us from turning away from God, it's not rows, but it's circles. Circles will keep us connected. And Jesus' ministry shows the power of circles and the power of community. Yeah, he preached to large groups of people in rows, but those are the same people that yelled Hosanna one day and then crucify on the next. But Jesus' disciples, the community, the circle that he kept close, those are the men and women that changed the world. Those are the men and women that got to do life together with Jesus. And those circles especially those disciples, we know that they're not perfect. We see denial, we see anger, we see the disciples challenging Jesus, but Jesus still invites them into his circle. We 
When we're in a circle, we have permission to just be ourselves, show up, and ask the questions that are on our hearts. We don't have to be perfect. So what are those questions that you're asking and carrying? What are the questions that you could maybe bring to a circle? Because we need encouragement from each other. We can't just rely on a sermon to get us through. Amen. <laughs> and that's why we've been working a little bit harder here at Belt Press on our hospitality. That's why we've got better coffee now. You can say amen to that, right? <laughs> because we want to have these different platforms where you can connect in circles. That's why we've got a lobby. We're not trying to turn the church into a nightclub. We want to like engage you guys in community and help you engage with our youth. And that's why we're going to brunch and burgers after the morning services. You can find us at Tavern Hall. We've reserved a ton of seats. We encourage you to just come, show up, and engage in circles, engage over food. My mom always says that time spent around the table is time spent with God. So come and hang out with us after this morning. Life is better connected. Another reason why circles are greater than rows is they help us grow. Did I say greater than grows or greater than rows? Circles are greater than rows because they help us grow. Community isn't just for the sake of community. We need to be encouraged, but it also helps us grow, grow as disciples of Christ. And reading further on in the letter of Hebrews, it says this, we encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And here's just a little a little trick. Whenever you hear the words so that in scripture, watch out because a zinger is about to follow them. So that. We encourage one another so that our hearts don't start believing the things that God did not say. We got to encourage one another so that we see God's truth, not the things that God didn't say. So what are you telling yourselves these days? Have you ever had one of those moments where you voice Maybe something that you've been telling yourself, and as soon as you voice it, you realize just how ridiculous it sounds. But you'd been listening to that for ages. A girl that I mentor was talking to me a few months back about this project that she'd been working on in her startup. And she'd worked really hard on it, and then the day came to present it. She presented it to her coworkers, and then they just shot down the idea, and they moved on. And she was processing this with me later, and she said, you know, I am learning to bite my tongue and just to stay silent in moments like that. And here she was. She was being vulnerable with me. She was letting me in. She was, you know, letting me hear maybe something that was really hard for her. And I've been in a situation like that before. So I said to her, you know, what would happen if instead of saying silent, you said, hey, I worked really hard on this project. If we're not going to go for it, will you just help me understand why so that I can do better next time? See, the thing that she was telling herself was, I need to learn how to stay silent. I need to learn how to just disengage and keep my mouth shut. And there may be moments when she needs to be quiet, but staying silent 100% of the time is not going to help her grow. So I encourage her to lean in. Circles help us grow. So what are you telling yourself that maybe isn't 100% accurate or true. The sin and lies that we believe, they harden our hearts to think that it's true. And we need circles to point us in the right direction. We need circles to point us to God's truth. And this is nothing new because we have been listening to incorrect messages about ourselves since the very beginning of time. In Genesis 3, God's walking through the garden and he can't find Adam and Eve. So he calls out to him, hey, where are you guys? And Adam says, hey, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God goes, 
Who told you you were naked? And I just got to be honest, this is one of my favorite passages of Scripture because as soon as I say naked, everybody's like, oh my gosh, she said naked. Um, (laughs) Adam and Eve, in a few verses before this, Adam and Eve were created naked without shame. And then here they are, hiding from God, totally ashamed. What happened? Well, they started listening to the devil. That's what happened. And so it's no wonder that God said, who told you you were naked? Because that's not who I made you to be. Who told you that? Y'all, we've been listening to the devil since the beginning of time, and the first trick that the devil tricked us with is tricking us to think that we need to be ashamed. And he has been doing this ever since. Shame keeps us quiet. Shame locks us down. Shame makes us want to stay hidden and not be vulnerable with each other. But that's not how God created us to be. So the devil may be tricky, but he's only got a few set of tricks, and we need those circles and those truth speakers in our life to set us straight when we can't see straight. A friend of mine, she lives in California, and she told me about this low point that she had one weekend. And so she got on her phone, and she texted her circle. She texted a group of friends, and she forwarded me this text so that I can share it with you all this morning. It says this, Hey, loves, I'm having a rough start to the weekend feeling pretty lonely and wishing I wasn't single. I think the dust from the high of the holidays has settled and I'm just feeling blah. I figure I could wait and tell you both about it later on this week or I could reach out and ask for your prayers. Thanks for being my home team that I can turn to. Do any of you resonate with what she's describing here? A low point, feeling lonely, feeling blah. Yeah, she could have waited. She could have waited to see her circle in person, but she shot him a text. We have these platforms that we can use to remain connected to our communities. If you're up against a battle and having a hard time hearing God's truth, don't wait. Reach out. Ask for help. Find a circle. Circles are greater than rows because they keep us connected to God and each other, and they help us grow. And third, they take time. Community doesn't just pop up overnight. And if you're sitting out there in a row and you're wanting to be in a circle, I'll warn you, they're messy, they're not perfect, they take time, but they are so worth it. This is one of the reasons why they're better than rows. We all, we all want community until it gets in the way of our schedule, right? So we do have to fight for these circles. We do have to fight for these communities. But hear this good news, community is a gift. And yeah, it takes time, and yeah, it's not perfect, but it's never withheld for us. We have everything that we need in this room for community, each other and God. That's all you need. So circles and community, it's not a class, it's not a seminar, it's not something you sign up for, it's a gift. And it takes time, and that's okay. Even if we had a staff of like 100 people that were dedicated to figuring out community and putting people in communities. That would, be, that would make it more rows, really, than circles. Circles can't be made for you. And it's better like that because the work that we have to find community and work towards community, that's where transformation happens. And there are people in your life that probably need a circle. Reach out to them. I'm sure you can think of a few. That's part of why we're called to make circles. The message of the cross should draw people in. My friend Ryan Beatty, who's on staff here, he, he says this about community. Jesus doesn't build clubs. 
He builds community with open doors. So yeah, rows are easier, but that doesn't mean they're better. And we might be better at doing rows here than we are circles, but we're working on it. And what if we took the next six months and said, we're gonna, we're gonna work to make more circles than rows over these next six months. What would happen to our community if we did that? We need you guys to engage in that with us. We can't do it for you. Now I know some of you are already doing this. You might have a circle already, but if your circle never changes, it might be time to draw some more people in. At the end of the passage of scripture, it says this, we have come to share in Christ. If indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the end, community is why we are all here. We have come to share in Christ. Community is more than just the result of the sermon. Community itself is the story of how we live lives that are transformed because of who Jesus says he is. Now, how can I preach a sermon talking about how circles are greater than rows and only lead you guys in rows? So if you were at the congregational meeting last week, we did a little circle time. And so we're going to do that today for five minutes. My sermon is shorter intentionally. You can thank me later. Um, and if some of you out there are like really excited, you're like, yay, we're going to form circles and talk. Some of you, though, are like, now's a good time to go pick up my kids. Or some of you are thinking, I wish I had that excuse. But bear with me. <laughs> this is a muscle that we need to exercise. You have five minutes, so stay in the room for five minutes. We're going to go over three questions, and I'm going to give them to you right now. They are this. What's your favorite brunch food? So total softball. It's bacon. Um, <laughs> What are you curious about? Or another way, what do you want to learn more about? And then third, if Jesus were sitting in your circle, because he is, what do you think he'd say to you? So take the next five minutes. I'll be the timekeeper, and I'll close this at the end. Turn, find three to five people. I see people leaving. I'm not judging you. <laughs> find three to five people. Go over these three questions. Ready? Go. You can continue the conversation afterwards over coffee. Thank you for not leaving. We're working those muscles. You guys are awesome. Life is better connected. We need each other. You are not alone, so find those circles. So God, we thank you that you have made us to be relational. You have made us to need you and need each other. So God, as we go from here, I pray that we see the circles in our lives that you're calling us to and see the circles in our lives that maybe have the gaps that we can draw others into. God, you are so good. We thank you for who you are. Amen.